Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today I have got with me Coach Brian Frana. Coach Frana spent the last two years at Wayne State College as the offensive coordinator, recruiting coordinator, and quarterbacks coach where he served as the only full-time coach on the offense, which had to have been wonderful for him. Uh, you know, the, helping the team reach the highest rushing total in 15 years, the team's first 1,000-yard receiver in the last 10 years, and helped to sign the largest signing class in the last 15 years. Uh, before that, Coach Frana spent time at Southwest uh, Minnesota State University as the offensive coordinator offensive line coach, uh, spent time at Upper Iowa University as the co-offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, and at Lindenwood University as the uh, offensive line coach and co-offensive coordinator. Coach Frana began his coaching career as an offense assistant at Waldorf College in Iowa, helping the team transition from junior college to the NAIA level, and then spent some time at St. Cloud State. Coach Frana was a two-time all-region honoree as an offensive lineman at Waldorf College before transferring to Eastern Illinois, where he became a two-year starter. Coach, what's going on? Glad to have you. How's everything going? Uh, it's going good, Tony. Thanks for having me. Uh, just adjusting to the new norm right now. Yep, yep. Hanging out and, and doing uh, doing some some indoor things as much as we can and trying to get out when, when we can. So uh, I feel yep. you there. Uh, you know, you, you, let's let's talk real quick. You've been you've been a part of some really great offenses. Uh, you know, I can remember listening to you speak at a clinic when you were at Lindenwood and, and talking about the offensive success you guys had. Uh, tell me, talk to me a little bit about how the offensive line, uh, you know, played a big part to the success of those programs and those teams. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, first and foremost, that's what I am. I'm an offensive line coach and, uh, every place we've been where we've had good offensive success is it started up front. It started with those guys and, and the mentality of, of how we went about doing our business, you know, and, and how, what I mean by that is that we were, our expectations were high. Uh, starting when I was really at Waldorf College of St. Cloud and then Lindenwood, we took it to another level. And uh, those guys, you know, we wanted to be 90% is how we were running at all times, that we were always in the A area, that we were always doing things right, and and uh, we were really functioning at a high level. And uh, and then number two was just toughness. You know, those guys are – we want those guys to be tough, and I think that just exudes throughout the whole team. So it really started up front. You know, our time at Lindenwood, uh, in my two years there, uh, we didn't play with an attached tight end. We didn't have six-man pro. Um, we had uh, four run plays and a million 
15 different pass protections and we went at it and we put it on those guys' shoulders and uh, we didn't have any excuses for them at all. And that's really kind of what shaped our offense uh, starting there. And then that really just worked its way up to all the way up to uh, Upper Iowa and, and uh, Southwest and at Wayne State. And that's really, really been our key to success that way, just those guys and their accountability. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's such a key word right there, too, is accountability. And, you know, it's, it's you know, and that's not necessarily just all accountability to to the team, but accountability to the guy next to you and accountability to, you know, the guy behind you, you know, taking the snap and accountability to to us as coaches, too. So that, that's that's such a great word. I, I love that word, accountability. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's such a reflection of their coach. And and I, I just I believe that if you watch a good O-line or a bad O-line, um, that's a reflection of their coach because we know that uh, we're not going to put something out there that's not not going to be us. You right. Know? So right. Definitely it. Yeah. So you know, my my first question, and it's kind of going back a little bit in your coaching career. I hope you know. Hopefully, your your memory is good. Uh, you know, you talked about at, at Waldorf helping the team transition from from a junior college program to the NAI level. Talk to me a little bit about what you can remember from that transition and, and you know, the maybe some of the, the problems or some of the, you know, kind of bumps in the road you guys had along that transition. Well, I'll give you the, I'll give you the whole story on that. We didn't realize that we were going from junior college to four-year till about this time of year. Okay. Uh, they told me we had a signing class and they said, hey, here you go. You guys are going four-year. Uh, good luck to you. And uh, – so that first fall, we had no juniors on the team, no seniors. Uh, we had 60 freshmen and sophomores, and we played 10 away games, one home game. Oh, boy. And, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. And it was, it was something else. And it was, it was a great learning experience for everybody because, first and foremost, you know, we had the returning sophomores thought, hey – you know, we're going to cruise through this. We're playing some NAIA schools, some D3 schools. We played some FCS schools. We played Drake. We actually played Air Force's JV. And uh, what they learned, and we learned this as a staff, is that the the transition from two to four year isn't necessarily uh, about the talent. It's about what they can do because of the level of coaching. Right. And, and that's what we found out that, hey, these guys are – these guys are really, really uh, talented because they know what they're doing. And this is more of a 400 level class. And, and that's kind of how we taught it to them. We're like, Hey, in junior college, it's a 100, 200 level class. You're getting your gen eds done. You're learning the basis of it, but you're not ready to major in anything yet. Right. You know, so that through four year is really a 300, 400, 500 level class where you're getting your major in this. So, we learned a lot. You know, I worked for a guy that uh, at the time was uh, 78 years old. Uh, he believed there was uh, – we really had like three plays. It was in, <laughs> inside beer, outside beer, and we threw one pass. And uh, he's, he thought that's all we needed. And uh, when it was junior college, we could get away with it. I played for the same guy, and we had some great success. But once we got to four year, we had to do more. So it was a good growing experience for me as a – as a young coach and really building on what I had learned from moving on from there and what I knew playing for him. So it was, it was really good. Um, it was, it was definitely a challenge. There's no doubt about it, but it was right. a lot of fun. And one other interesting note with that in those two years that we played, so we played 20 away games and we played two home games in those two years. And uh, 
we split, stayed in zero hotels the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> all, all up and back, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We drove out to Air Force uh, to play their JV. We got out there for the uh, varsity game in Utah. Was They were playing Utah. Urban Meyer was coaching there. We watched the game and then said, all right, boys, get your pads on. We get to play in the stadium versus the uh, JV squad after this. And we played them and uh, battled those guys and got on the bus and drove back home about 12 hours. Wow. <laughs> Uh, yep. Did, did you have to drive the bus or were, did you guys have bus drivers? I did not have to drive the bus amazingly enough because I was smart enough not to get my CDL. There you uh, go. Other, otherwise I would have been driving the bus. Yeah. Yes. Oh man, that's rough. <laughs> uh, you know, it's that, so kind of, you talked about, you, you know, you guys only had three plays and, and, you know, my second question was kind of going back to your Lindenwood days. And this was something, um, I remember listening to you speak at, at in Jacksonville, Illinois, at a clinic, and mm -hmm. you guys were talking about sort of. I can distinctly remember you were talking about your offensive line, and you guys would mess around with formations, and you would mess around with kind of overloading one side of the offensive line. Was that something that you came up with just sort of on a whim, or, or you know, was it just you trying to have fun with formations with offensive linemen? But but you know, what where where did that sort of come from, and and you know. Uh, what 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 kind of fun things were you guys doing with those uh, those schemes? Well, here's how it came about. It's a great question because um, we, like I said, offensively there we ran four run plays, and really they were two. They were it was either stretch or it was inside zone, and it was based off the box, and the O line called it, and that's what we ran. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then for gap scheme, we ran either tackle wrap or we ran counter based on if we were going to the three-and-one technique. And, again, the O-line called it, and there you go. Right. So what it got to is we got bored with what we were doing. We were really good at what we were doing. We had our ten one-word play calls where we threw those out. People call them fastballs or fires or whatever they may be. Well, we find that we would change those every week, and uh, we got to the point where, like, hey, why don't we just make this one a funky formation that – that this fire one is going to be the right tackle snapping the football to the quarterback and we're going to have trips and we're still going to run inside zone and we're going to go from there. And that's right. honestly how it got to be, uh, how we got it going. Because when I taught all those guys, the old line wise, they were, they were cross trained on everything so they could all play any position and they took a lot of pride in that. So that's really what we got to. Um, and again, we didn't have a tight end on the roster. It just wasn't what we had in our personnel. But then those guys were like, coach, I can go back there and play fullback if we need to. And we got to that. We're like, all right, well, let's run power at these guys this week. And we're going to take the left tackle and put him over as a, uh, like a Y off to the right. And we're going to run power to the right when we say fire four, right. you know? And we're going to make them learn 10 plays each week because everything else was the same. Those guys I just talked, I've been talking to a lot of them that are still coaching, but you know, they still go, Hey coach is 50 still Missouri, which is mesh. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know? So all that stuff was exactly, I mean, that stuff was the same. They knew that. So that's how we got to it. That those one word play calls, which everybody does that in some shape or form now. Right. Um, and usually you stay the same with them. There, that was where we got to really do some more game planning and go, all right, we're going to give you 10 funky things that we're going to hit you quick with. And, yeah. uh, and really, 
developed that since then. But yeah, that's, that's awesome that you remember that. And I remember that clinic because, uh, I joke around with people. We were throwing the RPOs back then. I mean, that's over 10 years ago, right. 12 years ago. And I'm like, geez, we were doing that back in the day. And everybody was like, what are you doing? Right. And, uh, and we had to do that because our quarterback couldn't run. He wasn't a, a zone read guy, but we ran zone read. Yeah, that's I. I don't. I don't remember that part of it. I all I remember was we had at the time I was coaching at Springfield High School, and we had our offensive line was was full of guys that could kind of they could all play center. So I remember I was I, I remember I, I if I look through my notes, I guarantee I can find the the notes I took. But I went to our head coach and I was like pleading for it, pleading with him, like Coach, I think we can do this just to be different and and catch some guys off guard, but. Alas, we never got to run it, so I'm a little, I'm a little upset. But <laughs> I'm glad uh, you remember that talk. I remember it as well. I didn't yeah. know if anybody else did. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. It's uh, I got my mind, unfortunately, is like a steel trap with some things, but then I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. So it's it's un, it's a it's a it's a curse sometimes. It's called uh, being a college football coach. Exactly, right yeah. So you know, last question I got. Well, second to last question, but I got to ask you after reading through your bio. Um, how in the heck were you the offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, as the only full-time offensive coach on staff? To, how were you able to to do that and make it work and still have the success that you had um, while <laughs> while being kind of the only, like you said, the only full-time offensive, you know, full-time coach on offense? Yeah, no, it it definitely was a challenge. I had some GAs now, so it's not completely. Uh, true, but only, you know, only full-time one getting a full-time check as far as that goes. So right. um, I had three GAs with me and it was just honestly a matter of delegation, you know, as far as, Hey, this is what we got to do. And uh, there, these guys would tell you and guys who GA'd for me that I have their week mapped out, their hours mapped out every single day that they're in. And uh, so that's, that's a big part of it. Another part of it is just really the, just streamlining the whole system and on what we do and, and how we move. And, uh, and if you've heard me talk before as an offense, you know, we don't, uh, we don't have an X and a Z. We have an R and an L, you know, and they're on one side, the R is on the right, the L's on the, that side. And we want them to motion. We use sign language and tell them how to move. You know, right. if we want them to freaking go across the formation, we signal that we, we, sh- we show them that. So everything we do, as far as a, uh, a system offensively is very, uh, we tell them what to do. You know, we had a kid at upper Iowa that he's all time leading passer in the state of Iowa, you know, as far as college. And we told him where to throw the football for the first two years of his career every single time. And it was like, uh, think R think L, you know, that type of stuff. And that's how we were able to do it really just running the same type of system that's evolved. It's evolved from Lindenwood and personnel and all that, but that system is so simple. We put that in in three days and, and really that's where I developed it from uh, when we got with Corey Sauter and I had a bunch of different stuff at upper Iowa because we had a lot of different kids and we had to do different things. We weren't always better than everybody else. We got to Southwest and we had, you know, we could be in 11 personnel. We, we would put everything in install was in in three days, bam, right. no matter what. And that's kind of what it got to. So everything was streamlined that way that, hey, day one's going to be inside zone and all the variations. You know, day two is going to be our gap schemes, all right? And day three 
is going to be a mix of things, you know, and it was the same deal with the pass game that, that it was all streamlined that way, that one day it's going to be the shallows, one day it's going to be verts, and then one day it's going to be some sort of mesh concept. And, uh, and that's how they learned it. And it was, you know, I got there, I mean, to, to add on top of that, I got there the night before spring ball started when I took the job. And I wow. stayed in there all night and said, oh, here we go. This is what we got. So kids did a good job with it. I mean, I think that stuff is lots of, lots of times people don't put enough weight into um, how the system works, you know, as far as learning it. And I think that's where I'm a little bit different because we've had to play young guys early wherever we've been or transfers. And uh, I think your system's got to be very streamlined. Everybody can make that comment that, hey, you can call it the old brown shoe and they'll remember what the, what to do. Well, that's not true. I haven't, right. I've been places where they will not remember what to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh that's just a little bit of it. That's how I've been able to do that. And of course I've coached all the positions on offense. So that helps. We did a lot of walkthrough. I believe in walkthrough. Uh, I believe in that type of stuff with one voice talking, mm-hmm. you know, and, and here you go. And we did a lot of that. And, uh, and I appreciate that our, our head coach letting us do that. And, I think that's big anytime you can walk through stuff. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's any, anytime you can give those guys another opportunity to run those plays, you know, even if it's on air against, against nobody at, at a half speed. Yeah. It's definitely walkthroughs are, are big time important in my opinion as well. Exactly. Yeah. Well, coach, last question I've got for you. And, and this is the, the one that's been stumping people, but uh, you know, you've been coaching for a while. It's some great spots. If you could put together a Mount Rushmore, of offensive linemen uh, from guys you've coached or guys you played with or guys you're just, you know, you were a fan of growing up or, or you're a fan of now, who would be on that five-man Mount Rushmore? Ooh, that's a tough one right there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, see, I, okay, I'm going to put it this way. I am a, my NFL team growing up, which is embarrassing to say now, is the Washington Redskins. Okay. So, hey, so they've those- had some success. Yes, yes. And those guys, um, they're up there. That's the Mount Rushmore of the Hogs of back in the day. Like that for me was the pinnacle of offensive line play. Those guys made it cool to be an old lineman. Yes. Uh, they were tough. They were gritty, right? They were ugly, all that type of stuff. Like those guys uh, were it. Like those would be the foundation. Uh, a couple other NFL guys, and again, I'm dating myself with all this because I don't. I watch NFL football now, but I don't watch it in the same way as a fan watches it. I'm watching the cutups. I don't know who's playing anywhere unless the dude's a freak, you know. But right. uh, another guy that, since I was a center, that I think was awesome was Mark Stepnoski. Oh yeah, um, you know that dude. Shoot, man, you know he was something else. So that guy's pretty impressive, but. Uh, I'm going to go with some players that I had because I've had some really good players that, uh, that have done some good things that people be like, who the heck are these guys? But uh, I've had my kid at Lindenwood. My center was a two-time Remington Award winner, Jeff Hines, and he was about six foot, about 280, called every protection for two years. And uh, the year before I got there, he didn't play a snap because they didn't think he was good enough. And he was so smart. I mean, he was just awesome. Yeah. And the dude was a fun. He'd been a plumber for three years before he decided to get back into college football. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that dude was impressive. Um, and then going up to uh, Upper Iowa from there, uh, I had a left tackle named Casey Beck, uh, who was from uh, Rockford, Harlem, who was uh, about a 6'8", 
280-pound kid that had a Michigan State offer, an Illinois State offer coming out of high school, went to Illinois State, didn't work out. And we snagged him at Upper Iowa, and he was uh, was the biggest freak I've ever had in my life. You know, they wanted him to play basketball and do all that, and then he won. And remember after a sophomore year, because scouts were asking for him, and and I said, Casey, you got to bench 400 pounds and you'll play in the NFL. He goes, nah, I don't want to. You know, I feel like (laughs) And he's dead serious, you know, and it's, and he was that type of guy, but he played the game just the way, the way it's supposed to be played. He was super athletic and he was nasty and he was just, he was just a good one, you know, and then two other guys are from, uh, from Southwest, you know, Southwest and in 15, we had the best season in school history. And, uh, that group of O-linemen is the best group of five O-linemen I've ever had. And it was because, I mean, we worked them. We worked the living crap out of those guys. They expected the best. Um, they were always just, that's the way they were. But again, our left tackle was an all American Grant Greenfield and his brother plays at, uh, South Dakota state right now. He was a freak. He was like six, seven, two ninety. came in as a 220 pound walk on Henri all the time. That type of kid just right. got his doctorate in chiropractic and, uh, and uh, he's going to be super successful. He's good. And then, again, my center up there, who is the best player I've ever coached, was about 6'4", 280, uh, came in as a walk-on kid. We pulled – I had to make a highlight of him in practice on the scout team to show our head coach. And I said, Coach, we need to play this guy as a true freshman. And uh, we're playing number one Mankato that week. And he said, let's do it. And we freaking threw him out there. And the dude graded out at 90%. Um, Just a phenomenal player. Played one year, had a broken hand, snapped with his left hand the whole time. Um, Just an unreal player, you know. So, uh, And his name was Austin Hilgert. So, yeah, I know that doesn't – there's a lot more faces up there than what Mount Rushmore can handle. But if it's the (laughs) – it's the NFL, it's the Hogs, and a, a couple of those old school guys out there. Of course, Munoz, is he's going to be up there. I mean, yeah. it's just – there's so many good ones. I mean, that's that's the beauty of it, and that's what I love about O-line play is it is uh, – if you're going to put everybody in the same box and say, this is what you're supposed to be, then O-line is not the position you want to coach. And oh, there's absolutely. There's so many different ways to get it done, right? And that's yeah. what – that's what I love about it because you can find some strength in a guy um, that might not be the same strength as somebody else and really work that and get them to be a very valuable part of the team. I mean, that 2015 group, our right tackle, never reach blocked anybody the whole year. He passed that inside zone at him every single down. Every <laughs> single down. He was awesome at it. He was awesome. He never let anybody go in the B gap, kept him out there, slammed it in there. There we went. You know, wow. but if I would have asked him to reach somebody, I would have been pissed at him. You right. know, and, uh, so that's why to me, it's just there's a lot of them out there. And uh, the ones I really remember are the guys that just love everything about offensive line play. Oh, absolutely. Well, and that's, you know, that's just that's kind of a testament to your coaching style, too. Don't don't try to force, you know, don't try to force somebody to, to be somebody they're not, you know, play to their strengths, not their weaknesses and get the best out of their strengths. and and you're going to be, you know, you'll be, you'll be pleasantly surprised with what happens if you can do that. Oh yeah. Their investment is so much higher too. I mean, Absolutely. that's what, that's what people don't understand. Their investment is so much higher when you play to their strengths instead of telling them this is, this is the way it's got to be. And if it doesn't happen that way, then go take a walk. That that doesn't work. 
at the levels I've been at anyway. Right. No, absolutely. It doesn't, it doesn't work anywhere. So, uh, well coach, do me a favor before we get you out of here, drop your Twitter handle, um, and any other information you want these guys to know, uh, and then we'll, we'll get you back on your way. Yeah, guys. Uh, my Twitter handle is just, uh, at Brian Frana. It's just B R I N F R A N A. Uh, hit me up if you got questions, whatever. I'm in a little bit of a transition right now. And uh, I'll have it figured out hopefully here pretty soon. But I appreciate you having me, Coach. And uh, yes, I wish you all the best. Thank you, Coach. Yeah, same, same to you. You know, uh, you know, best of luck to you and, and uh, stay healthy, stay safe, and, and we'll see you down the road. All right. Thanks, Tony. Thank you. Thanks again for everyone listening. And remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support. And be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome conversations from the chat and the podcast.